Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Cheers from the Press Box. I am your host, Brennan Tassif, joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Joe Dorville. What's going on, man? What's going on, my good man? Not much. We have um, a lot to get to today, so we're going to be kind of all over the place. We've got NFL up top. We're going to talk a little college football, but then we've got the Masters. We've got NBA offseason, so let's just get right into it. Let's start it off with the kickoff. Let's do it. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. So this weekend was uh, fucking bizarre, to say the least, <laughs> when it comes to um, the NFL. First game I want to get to is the game everybody's talking about. With game the, of the um, week. Game of the week. It's game uh, of the week. Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals and going up against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. How did this and- make you feel? Uh, so angry. <laughs> Anybody who's a longtime listener to the program program knows that uh, I resent the Cardinals only because I feel like that should be the, the my team. The Jacksonville Jaguars should be in that position of second year quarterback, young team. Everything's coming together. And we I, are I not love that you have that notion, even though their second year quarterback was the number one overall pick. And your guy was a essentially a discard. No one. No preseason hype. No. I understand that, but coming up in a couple of weeks, I will be doing a walk off on. Um, you still giant, doing research on that one? On, yeah, on draft busts. <laughs> um, every week, I get, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking buckle down and finish this, and then I'm always like, I'll do something else. Um, no, that's yeah. what I'm doing this week too. It was I have um, one that I need to really write out, but I'm gonna push it. It takes heat. too much. But this game, the Bills should have won this game. Everyone knows Buffalo should have won this game. <laughs> And then Kyler you win the Murray, game when the clock strikes zero. All right, whatever. Um, <laughs> Kyler Murray with the the hail Murray that he threw at the end to D Hop uh, DeAndre Hopkins. You know the football is like a one man cold to DeAndre Hopkins. If he's the only <laughs> one catching it, he's the only one coming down with it. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you think about this game? I I was frustrated, but so this game was uh, interesting to say the least because. It shouldn't have even... The reason I say they shouldn't have lost um, even before that, Josh Allen only threw two picks, but he probably should have had four picks, but Patrick Peterson dropped two. Um, This was the full gambit of Josh Allen. He looked great at times, especially that last touchdown to Stephon Diggs. Uh, He had a nice little run for a TD. He had a reception for a TD early on in the game. Um and then he looked god awful at time. Two picks should have had two more. Um, little inaccurate. Couldn't hit anybody deep. Um, not to say Kyler Murray looks fantastic. He looks great when he's running the ball. He is probably this. Uh, one of the when I was watching the game, one of the um, I don't know who was calling the game, but one of the commentators said what I said a couple of weeks ago. So I'm taking credit for that. He moves around like a point guard. He moves on around like a like a 
basketball player versus a baseball player. Yeah. He doesn't have a straight line. He moves, he pivots, he shifts. So he, he, and he does it even in the pocket. So he makes people miss and he finds open man like he did at the end of the game. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre to me. I think, um, because Buffalo for years, and we talked about this last week and the week before, Buffalo for years was known for their defense. You know, they've got a really strong defense, especially that secondary. And then I don't know what has happened this year, but that defense is not nearly as good as it even was last year or the year before. You know, they're giving up 30 some odd points to teams every week, it seems like. But it's like we've been always been we've been saying for months is it depends on which kind of Josh Allen you get. Because yeah. he's always he's always going to be up and down, and you just need him to be a little bit more up than he is down. But uh, I, think, I mean, it, go I ahead. think to uh, a reason the defense may not be playing at the level that we're accustomed to, and it's something me and you've been harping on for weeks with this team is they don't run the ball enough. So the defense yeah. is always coming back on the field. Forty nine passing attempts out of Josh Allen. And they had under 20 rushing attempts. Yeah. And if you take away Josh Allen's runs, they had 11. Yeah. It's like, what the, why did we invest in Zach Moss? Why do we have Devin Singletary if we're never going to give them the ball? Yeah. My man motor out of FAU, Devin Singletary is, I'm so happy I didn't play fantasy this year. He's probably on my fantasy bench now. Yeah. I always take a look at him. I always take an FAU player in fantasy, and I normally take him pretty early. The last couple of years, it's been Devin Singletary, and you know, last year he did he did pretty well for me. But this yeah. year, it's just uh, I they just don't want to run the ball. And I mean, I get it. You got Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley's a good possession receiver, and then you want to you want Josh Allen to maintain that confidence, but you can't. You can't fucking win games this way, man. Like you, you know as well as I do, you can't. And the yeah. Cardinals one is like a bit of a. It was fluky because you they know hail up, marys are always fluky, but they were up in the third quarter, twenty three to nine. How yeah, do you that's, not get that's the what I'm run saying. game established and just milk the clock at that point? It's insane. There's no reason that the Cardinals should have came back. But I'm happy they did because as soon as they won that game, I was like, I can't wait to see Brennan's face. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I can't wait to happy. see your face. I want to hear what Deshaun Watson is saying in his uh, the privacy of his own oh, home. Oh God, he's... and I want to hear what Bill O'Brien is saying in the privacy of his own home. <laughs> yeah, they're probably upset. Did you hear um, D Hop uh, speaking the what was it the third person? No, I I miss his or press. No, it wasn't the, like the third person. It was like old English. I don't know. It was like old English kind of thing. He was like. Uh, well, we all went up for the ball and I was the one who came down with it or something like that. <laughs> Everyone's like, all right, cool, man. But I don't know. You know how I feel about the Cardinals. Everyone who listens knows how I feel about the Cardinals. I have no bad blood towards the Cardinals. I just really think that it, they freaky Friday with Jacksonville and took where we were fucking supposed to be. The Cardinals, other than that one Kurt Warner, you're always fucking garbage. But I mean, I guess so. That's not the true. Jacks. But okay. Anyway, I just I'm, I get heated. You know, I get heated about <laughs> Kyler Murray. I understand. Speaking but again, of number one overall pick, well, six round young three. quarterbacks and early picks. I wanted to transition into the Dolphins and the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Let's do it. Let's do it. Tua is now three and zero. I know. I might. How many interceptions? I don't have it in front of me. Goose How many is it? Still, baby. Bring nah, that one back. <laughs> yeah, well, it's hard to throw an interception when your uh, coach only uh, lets you throw the ball about 15 times a game. Oh. 25 times a game. Um, 
yeah, that's a coach that knows how to protect his player. Yeah, oh, fuck and a you. Defense, <laughs> and a defense that is – a defense and special teams that is creating for the offense. The, no, you're right. I was thinking of your three plays as soon as this game started because this game starts basically with a punt block, one-yard run, swings the game immediately. Yeah. And then yeah, uh, their their special teams and their defense came out swinging again. Um, gangbusters. I think it's odd, though. I think – I don't know if it's a team situation or what's happening, but I, I, I don't like Fitzpatrick had some big games uh, this year. And the reason I bring that up is because they're not letting Tua really, you know, he had 25 attempts in this game, which I think is the most of his career so far, but it doesn't seem like they're kind of <laughs> like more against the Cardinals. Okay. I don't feel like they're um, <laughs> you like how you got the dig in there. Um, Taking shots. I, no, I just really feel like they're uh, kind 28 of... 28 attempts against the Cardinals. <laughs> taking, uh, I was so close. I feel like they're taking... It's slow to it, which they should. Like you just said, they're protecting him. But it's weird that they're still winning these games in this fashion because it's like, don't do, couldn't they have... Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like They put so much on Fitzpatrick no, in some I of those games. Because, okay, Fitzpatrick played six games. You want to know how many interceptions he had in those six? How many attempts is what I want to know. He had 197 attempts. Okay. He had seven picks. I understand that, but but do, do you not do you get what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's easier to protect your quarterback when you have the ball and you don't give it away. Yeah, but it's also easier to not throw interceptions when you're throwing a third of the passes. There were some games where he had like 50 attempts. 50 because he threw two picks to start the game and they had to dig out of a hole. They couldn't give it to their running backs. I just think, I think, I think, their running honestly, back had, uh, uh, Savon Ahmed had 21 attempts yesterday. That's what I'm saying. If, so, I don't know if any of their running backs when, but you Fitz made Patrick my point for me when you said how they started attempts. the game. They're not, they weren't starting games like that with Fitzpatrick for some reason. Yeah, because, okay, okay, the punt block return is a, a fluke, but. Say they started with the ball. You're going to make me do a deep dive for next week in your yeah, Fitzpatrick sympathy. The defense Fitzpatrick, seems like they're playing better Fitzpatrick, with Tua. Fitz, they're not playing more for Tua. Fitzpatrick is a turnover machine. In six games, he had seven turnovers. He had the, the great game against you guys. He had the good game against the 49ers. Other than that, the other four games he played, he had seven picks, basically. Yeah. There was the game they won. I don't. I'm game not, Tua got in at the end. He had two picks and three touchdowns. He had two. I'm picks. not arguing that Tua should be in. All I'm saying is that it seems like with Tua now in, it literally seems like a completely different team than it was in the first six it's weeks like of the this. season. Uh, think of it this way: um, the Bucks, Bucks last year, they had a great defense, but they kept getting scored on. Because Jameis kept giving the ball away. 30 for 30, the Jameis Winston story. defense is on the field so much more when Fitzpatrick is out there that they're not fresh. They can't make plays because they're always coming back to the field. But it's the chicken or the egg because what I'm saying is, don't you think that the coaches felt more confident to let Fitzpatrick let loose with the ball, which led to more turnovers? No. Well, the numbers, I mean, you can do the deep dive, but I'm just saying the numbers, we're chicken or the egg in this because you're saying he was throwing a lot more because he was throwing turnovers. I'm saying he was throwing yeah. a lot more because the offensive coordinator trusted him more than they trust Tua at this point. I was going to say the word trust is a bit of a hangup. I feel like Fitzpatrick 
was a veteran. He's no, uh, I think it's Chan Gailey is the OC there. Yeah. They've worked together before. So they had, they probably put in some more pass plays. That's, and yeah, they're that's, working that's all I'm to saying. an in. But still, it's, it doesn't help when you give the ball away and now we're forced to throw and abandon the run. Yeah, no, you're right on that. Um, I don't know. I just, I think it, it to me, it looks like a, almost a completely different team than it did. In the no, first the six team, weeks. I mean, remember when they put two in, they were three and three. Yeah. And they and were they had, like, they, they were had coming a couple on. Yeah. Great performances. Um, the corners seem to be a hundred percent healthy now. Uh, uh, Xavier Howard and Brian Byron Jones. Jones. Yeah. Byron Jones. Yeah. Out of and Dallas, man. Van Dallas Grinkle is probably kicking themselves for letting come that out guy of go. Nowhere. And then their D line, uh, Emil Akbar, I think he has what six games straight now. Yeah, with a sack. He's, yeah, he's he's playing out of his mind. So yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. We're gonna talk a little uh, Duval. Yeah. Let's normally go I put upstate. this. Normally, I, yeah. Let's 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 drive it upstate, baby. I ninety five. Ninety five, baby. Normally, I put this in one more round uh, because I'm not the biggest fan of talking about my team, and I'll go <laughs> into more of that with the walk off later. How I get so overly passionate, but um, this. By the, the way, game, I'm gonna cut you off right there. I. Uh, I love that you always tease your walk-offs throughout the episode. (laughs) Um, The game itself, though, if you're looking at it from just a fan perspective, was a very good game. Um, I watched uh, the first three quarters of it before I had to go to work. What do you mean? Uh. (laughs) No, this was a good game because it was back and forth. It was like what you want to see. It was back and forth. The Jacks led most of the game. I didn't say it wasn't back and forth, but saying it was a good game, I don't don't know about that. Well, what's your definition of a good... What I like in a football game is kind of the ebb and the flow and the back and the forth. There's a punt return for a touchdown. First time since D.D. Westbrook did that in 2018 um, by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Aaron Rodgers, who's got all this MVP hype, uh, threw a pick at the worst possible time. And Jake Lutton... I hope you're on a diet because this Jaguars offense is gluten free, if you know what I mean. Um, get it? I hope you didn't Jake, use that on your uh, for your show the other day. No, I didn't. Jake Luton is um, he. I, I'm sick and tired of, and I've addressed this before, of being a Jaguars fan. And every time a new quarterback comes in, it's like, oh, maybe this is the guy. But in the last two games, he led a drive. Um, to tie it up with the Texans. Unfortunately, they didn't convert on the two-point conversion, but he scored a touchdown within the last minute of the game to to get them to that point, which is progress. And then um, this game, you know, the off, it's the offensive line. I keep saying it. it I've been saying it line. for the last four years. You know, big, huge shout-out to my man, James Robinson. Came into my restaurant uh, Friday night before the game. You're super nice guy. Huh? Hunting on the ground. Shout yeah, out to 109 on 23 carries. I love what they're doing as far as just, you know, kind of drive it down people's throats um, and then, you know, have them, you know, throw the ball when we absolutely have to. But it's offensive line. So driving down the field what was a minute 30 left. Uh, plenty of time on the clock, uh, you know, to, to to win the game. And there is. Um, a, a bad snap that leads to like third and 15. And then there's, you know, a, or excuse me, there was, they tried to throw it on first down incomplete second down sack, third down sack. And then it was like fourth and like 26. And it was mm-hmm. another set. It was like three plays in a row, three sacks or like two sacks and one incompletion. Like you can't, 
you just can't win games that way. And it's the reason I put this in the big four was because Marcus, uh, not really a fan of this show, but a fan of the network <laughs> had, he had a message in the discord. He said, how is Jacksonville one in seven with how they're playing? And I've been saying that for months, you know, it's, it's bizarre that there's defensive penalties and it's a young team. Um, and you know, I mean, I know you know about that with the Eagles and all their young, young I don't players. want to talk about it. So every time I see you roll your eyes, I'm just going to keep bringing up the Eagles. Hell, I roll yeah. my eyes because I'm looking at uh, 18 for 35, 169, one touchdown, one yeah. interception. No, I, and I, you're I giving can... this dissertation on how it's the offensive line. And also, you don't have good quarterback play. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, that's I mean, neither do you. And your guy was the second pick of the draft. Exactly. That's why I'm not talking shit. Um, and I can see it and I sorry. call it out. I'm, see, I'm getting heated again. And this, again, <laughs> will be addressed in the walk-off. Uh, but no, I think I think um, if we can get steady quarterback play and or an offensive line that can protect because these guys are all NFL players, you know, as well as I do, if Carson once had plenty of time to throw, he'd be fine. But that, it's different in the quarterback position. You can't yeah. just have anybody back there. No, I know. I, I mean, just look at Jameis Winston and what happened with him in New Orleans when Drew yeah. Brees went out. But uh no, I don't know. That's all I wanted to say was this was a, I, I enjoyed this game. And as a fan of the Jaguars, normally by the third quarter, I'm like wishing gonorrhea on the team and like throwing <laughs> shit at my television. So I enjoyed the game. Defense played out of their fucking minds. Uh, Miles Jack got into a couple of fights, which I always like to see. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's that. I, you probably have nothing to say. You were probably surprised I even put this in the big four. But I, kind of, I was surprised you put this in the big three. Um but I noticed that, uh, yeah, like you said, the offensive line, that was the first thing I thought because when I got down to um, the defensive linemen and how they their distance from the quarterback, they all were well below the league average. So that means they were getting home on their rushes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, to answer your question, a good game is Arizona-Buffalo. Um, it. I never thought the Packers were going to lose this. Yeah, but <laughs> – See, I think the the thing is, is that I think some of the Packers players thought, oh, shit, we might lose this. When Aaron Rodgers throws that pick in the third quarter and it's like and we were already up and then he throws a pick. It was like, oh, this might be a trap game. They might be thinking about next week like and they just had a big game this past week. So I I, I mean, you know, you know, the makeup of a good team and a good quarterback you know it when you see it. And whenever I see Rogers line up, you always think he's going to win the game. Yeah, no, I agree with that. He is. He and is. then when Josh Luton, Lutton, Luton. I, I don't even know where he came from. <laughs> I but don't I mean, have, there's no confidence built there. I understand that. But I mean, we could say this every week this happens. And in fact, I appreciate that you bring this up because this brings us right into our next game. Russell Wilson is that same kind of player where when he's under center, you think, you know, oh, we have it. We're going to win this game. We have the best quarterback. We're going against Jared Goff. And I mean, look what happened to them. So yeah. I'm just saying and it's I not thought, impossible for that. And to happen. I, that whole game, I like probably you and most of our listeners thought Seahawks will come back. Yeah, I honestly but, did think that. But, What's going on with him and these interceptions? I was going to say, uh, this is the third and four weeks, third and five weeks game where multiple interceptions. He had three that one week. He had two last week and two fumbles. He had another two today, uh, yesterday, and a fumble. So 
skin hands again slippery and again i want to make note i didn't see uh let me check the notes again doesn't say rush looks shaky huh interesting okay (laughs) well that's actually reserved for the quick hits because we have a whole conversation in there about mvps being swung in the nfl Rush, no touchdown and it's not like jared goff instilled this uh level of confidence yeah that no, defense. That I was just about to say it's position. the defense that instills yeah. the confidence. The defense um, short field position in Seattle's defense this year is letting up the most passing yards uh, <laughs> they've ever any yeah, team ever. Thirty one in DVOA against the pass, like twenty ninth yeah. against the run. They're not very good. They can't run the ball, obviously. Um, yeah, and all their running backs are hurt too. That's the thing. Yeah, and it's. I mean, the Rams have mortgaged their entire future for this season. They're they're in huge cap trouble, especially if the cap goes down with everything going on the next few years. But um, Jalen Ramsey did a number on DK Metcalf. I was going to say, I didn't see if he was covering the whole game, but DK only yeah. had four targets. Was that all Jalen? DK had four targets and two catches. Um, Jalen said the only two catches came when they were in zone, ah. not in man. So Jalen was on him in man most of the game. And the two catches that he did get was when they switched over to zone, you know, zone blitz or whatever. Yeah. Um, so Jalen Ramsey shut him down. Uh, there was a couple of plays where he beat Jalen, but just got overthrown. Oh, there's one play where he just got overthrown. But um, he also, he said, it's DK Metcalf. When people just say DK, he doesn't, he doesn't abide <laughs> that. He doesn't accept that. Um, so DK Metcalf got I'm shut down by... Jalen Ramsey. I mean, I miss him in Jacksonville, but it Even just didn't he work went to out. Florida State, I, I love his personality. Yeah. I love his relentlessness. I was, I'm not, I wasn't the biggest fan with the way that he got his, you know, I'm not, I mean, obviously it's the Jack, it's the organization. If all these guys are pushing their way well, out, the organization but I just let him down. Yeah. Well, and I, I hate to see it when they like bitch and moan on Twitter and Instagram and then get traded and then they're like, oh, ha, ha. but how's that working out for Yannick? Well, it's better now that he's out of, <laughs> out of Minnesota. Say, I mean, his team is tied I was so happy when they started the season the way they did. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> take that. But yeah, yeah any no, other takeaways? Um, I mean, yeah, Russ, it's got to be out of the MVP conversation. Week, are we talking over each other? Um, like you said no, 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 last go ahead. week. What were you going to say? Uh, like you said last week, Shad Khan was open to them going after Kaepernick and proving their quarterback situation over Blake Bortles. And the oh, the GM, Tom Coughlin at the time, and whoever's taken over since have just never pursued that option. And, yeah, a lot of the defensive players were frustrated because, like Jalen said in that uh, interview with, I, I think it was he had one interview before Mina Kimes where he was like, Yep, this quarterback's not good. This quarterback's not good. And they asked about Blake Bortles. He was like, "Ah, I'm not going to say nothing. That's my quarterback. But uh, basically, he's not good. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean. When you see the team intentionally not trying to get better, there's nothing to do but get frustrated. Oh, yeah. And trust me, as a fan, it's it's horrific. But it's weird going into the season with the Rams – on because we talked about this several times on paper they looked very good. Um, it's Jared Goff that makes everybody a little bit nervous, but yeah, they have you know what is it a three or four headed monster running back? They uh, you know they just are constantly subbing out. Uh, I just 
I think the Rams are good. I called this weeks ago. I said, if you have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on the defense, you just need mm. the offense to be decent in order to make a run in the playoffs. Yeah. 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 And that's, I'm, I'm sticking to that. I'm trying to see. Yeah. So as far as rushing, they have Daryl Henderson, Jr., Malcolm Brown, Cam Akers, and then even Robert Woods, the wide receiver, is getting involved with a little bit of <clears throat> yeah, they're gonna get some rushing attempts. So. Yeah, they're all over the place when it comes to their run game. And like I said, all they need, they've got that defense, man. Aaron Donald, I we'll get to him a little bit later. <clears throat> That's a nice tease for you. That's a greeny tease right there, baby. That's professional. So that means it's time for... I was waiting for you to say it. Oh, one more round. <laughs> Go One more round. Take it away, Brennan. You want me? I was going to say, I'll take the first one. New Orleans 49ers. Only thing I want to say about this game is Joe called it at the beginning of the season. Drew Brees is old and now he is out. Punctured lung, five cracked ribs, three on the left side, two on the right side. He's going to be out for at least six to eight weeks, is what I was hearing. I I thought. on the low end, two to four, and people are doubling that up four to six. I didn't see six to eight. Oh, okay. I thought it was six to eight. Okay. So four to, what did you say? Two to four, four to six? Two to four, four to six. So somewhere in the two to six range, like uh, Drew Locke early on this season. <laughs> God, Drew Locke is but, fucking uh, falling yeah, apart. Hope, um, prayers for the speedy recovery. Um, I don't wish. Uh, do you? Do you pray for a speedy recovery? <laughs> I, I don't want the man. To, I think this the is kind of your is kind of serious, but um, no, no I, 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 I didn't. Ne- I never foresaw him finishing out the season the same way he didn't play the complete season last year. And Teddy had to step in um, for five games. Yeah. Um, um, what do you, how do you feel about Jameis? Um, Jameis I think it was just Jameis okay. being Jameis out there. Yeah. I was like, Jameis looked okay. Uh, uh, Sean Payne's going to coach some of the interceptions out of him. Basically say, don't throw it deep if you can't give it to Kamara because he is Alvin Kamara. So, um, yeah, yeah, that'll get his that will uh, shrink, dilute some of his saucer eyes when he sees uh, somebody deep downfield triple covered. Yeah, right. Yeah. I can make that throw, coach. No, you can't. <laughs> don't even don't even, One more don't even fucking try it. Don't even try. It. You know, who shouldn't even try it. Eagles fans. Um, oh, my somehow, man, getting a little segue action. Somehow we're going to stumble into the playoffs most likely because our division sucks. Um, Daniel Jones turns into Michael Vick when he plays us. He made up for his 80-yard blunder and ran a few jet sweeps, one for a touchdown yesterday. Um, I'm just annoyed. Uh, I can't do this anymore. I don't. I don't know how you do this, but I can't. I'm getting it's, visibly it's upset. I'm so frustrated. And the only saving grace yeah. is that fucking tie, because that is the only reason we are in the lead of our terrible, terrible division. So, yeah, that is all I have to say. Fuck the Eagles. And then I'll be singing their praises when they win a playoff game after they sneak into the playoffs at six, nine and one. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Disgusting number. All right, Baltimore, New England. Um, Speaking of disgusting, that weather was disgusting in New England. 
Uh, just they, I think they found their identity though. The New England Patriots. I think they're going to run the ball as much as they possibly can, and then not let Cam. You know, just kind of have Cam do Cam things every once in a while. I think that's what their identity is going to be. Um, Baltimore. It was unfair to judge Baltimore on this game because when um, Lamar Jackson had a chance to come back, the skies like opened up. Like it was a shitty weather all <laughs> game, but then the skies like opened up. Like he couldn't do anything so i'm yeah. this isn't on him i think the baltimore ravens will bounce back weird thing though everyone thought for sure there's no way baltimore loses this game you know there are six point favorites in new england but uh yeah new england just ran the ball uh cam did you know enough to win and lamar jackson i said it before the mics got hot but lamar jackson is now oh and six in games where he's down by 10 or more points yeah <clears throat> their team does not know how to Come back. Um, well, they're not built they're to. Also, sorry, they're not built to. They're built to maintain a lead. They're not built. Yeah, to. they're not built to at all. Um, because I think the reverse number is like whenever they're up at the half, they never lose. Basically, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, they need better weapons. Again, Willie Sneed is their best receiver. Not even Hollywood Brown at this point. And Willie Sneed was a discard of the Saints many moons ago. At this point. Um, they're missing, I mean, Marshall Yonda. Marshall? Marshall Yonda, right? Yeah. Yeah, Marshall Yonda's retired, So, and Ronnie Staley's hurt. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do because when your team's running at 100%, it's different when you're running at half speed. So with the lack of weapons, with the lack of protection, a lot of their game was built on zone running schemes and – uh if you don't have the top tier talent doing it at the tippy top level, can't, it's gonna can't look do poor. it. Yeah, it's gonna <laughs> look bad. It's gonna look bad. One more round. Okay. Joe's favorite game of the weekend. My favorite game of the weekend. This was probably my favorite game of the weekend. Um, this was Detroit versus Washington. Um, Alex <laughs> and you Smith might be saying to yourself game. at home. Why are, why are we going to talk about Detroit versus Washington? Why well, would anyone ever want to talk about Detroit Washington? Uh let me give you a little update on this game. Detroit was up like 24-3. Washington storms back by a career day by Alex Smith who threw for I believe just shy of 400 points locking in that uh player of the year comeback player of the year award. But that is not why I want to highlight this game. I highlight this game because are you aware of the chain snatch God? That is a key to leap, folks. A key to leap was playing for the Denver Broncos, where Michael Trapp Crabtree was wearing a chain and playing for the Raiders. And a key to leap said, "You know what? I don't like you wearing that chain." So he went and snatched his chain off. And then the next year, because you know they play twice a year, the next year yeah. they both were still on the same teams, and the. Bag of Crabtree had taped the chain down to his chest, and Akeem Talib said, I still don't like you wearing that chain, and grabbed it again. And now, Akeem Talib is in the booth. He's got the deep third. He just has to cover the deep third, man. Look at Matt Stafford, excited about that early bomb. About that early bomb, baby. (laughs) (laughs) All he got to do is cover the deep third. We got some more from Akeem. One more time here. Let's see if he made a football move. Let's see. That's about one, two, three. So I guess it is a catch. That's three steps. 
That's bang, bang, bang. It is a bang, bang. That, and bang, bang, you can't overrule it. So this may be Detroit football. Yeah. Can't overrule it. This guy. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Can't overrule it. Definitely. I think kicking is like free throws for them kickers, man. It's, it's Once you locked in, you locked in. But if you start seeing ghosts and things like that, you can get off a little bit. So hopefully Prater is back on track, man. I love to see him play good. They like free throws. They're for free. They're for free. I got one more. His agent. Two his flags agent. on the drive. Another third. One this was fourth down. One was third down. Get off the field downs. <laughs> Them get off the field downs, man. Two flags on his drive. <laughs> Two flags his agent is the best. Yes. When his is, agent uh, calls and they're like, wait, what? you want Aqib to do what? Play by play. <laughs> commentary. Aqib Tlaib. Yeah. <laughs> he has no... Uh, you're talking about a key to yeah, yeah 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 he'll be good I promise oh my gosh uh, if you haven't seen it you should look up the story he told on Highly Questionable about his grandmother his mom and his uncle it is hilarious love yeah, I, I, I think it's refreshing Dallas, Texas what is that I think it's very refreshing to get someone in the booth who's not like a super that's and we talked about it before we turned the mics on that's why Roma was so beloved because yeah he just said what he felt and he was like listen this is what's gonna happen and like he was talking to you like he was one of your buddies not like he was yeah, some you just hear professional the general guy. enthusiasm and exuberance and you know just a different voice like yeah. you've never heard that I don't want to say unpolished, but unpolished. I mean, he just sounded like. Oh no, it's definitely unpolished. But said, I like people it. on Twitter were calling him Uncle to leave, and it sounded like your <laughs> uncle came off the street when the booth had just started telling you what he saw on the yeah, screen. Yeah, like so hey, <laughs> that's one, two, three. That's bang, bang, bang. Play that's right a bang, there, bang, bang, bang play right there. <laughs> third down and fourth down. You got a flag on third down, flag on fourth. Man, those are get off the field downs. Get off the field downs right there, man. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Uh, so yeah, that's why we talked about that game. We actually didn't touch on the game at all. <laughs> nope. Eh, I touched on it, but um, moving on. Let's get into the NCAA football. Bow, bow, bow. Joe called it. Um, Joe's been calling it since the beginning of the season. I did. Lots of cancellations. What was it? Three out of the top five teams uh, postponed or canceled their games. This yep. week, uh, don't know if this they're going to be able to finish out the season. I'm not and, sure what's going to happen. Uh, Miami Hurricanes just had three their next three games, which were their last three games, shuffled around because going into this game. Sorry, I'm gonna cut you off. I'm gonna no, go undercut you a little bit here, but going into the game, they won over Virginia Tech. Um, they had 13 players on uh, not suit up, not travel because of COVID contact tracing and the week before that they had 11 so going after the game Manny Diaz said we were on the brink of not playing because of so many uh, positives and contact tracing and everything so yeah probably shouldn't be playing football college yeah football. especially because these guys aren't getting paid um, I just want to talk about a couple of games uh, Miami your team the Miami Hurricanes holds on Beats Virginia Tech, like you just said. They are now 7-1, and 6-1 in the ACC matchups, uh, number nine in the country, but I'm sure that's changed, which we'll get to later. And then my boys, FAU, oh, won the Shula Bowl, as it's affectionately called, against FIU. 
in a big, bad way, beat them 38 to 19, but not nearly as bad as some of these other scores. I don't know if you caught any of these Uh, Notre Dame. A lot of people thought the Boston college game was going to be kind of a um, trap game. And it it looked like it would have been going into uh, the second quarter. It was 10, 10, but then Notre Dame turned it on, beat them 45 to 31. Florida put 63 on Arkansas. Wow which is a lot. Indiana's showing, you know, I know Michigan state hasn't been the team we thought they were going to be this year, but Indiana continues to win. So, you know, they, if they keep, keep it up and especially in the big 10 championship, then they're going to, they're going to make the playoff. And Michigan is who we thought they were got trounced (laughs) by Wisconsin. And I've been saying it all year. Michigan is the Dallas Cowboys of hype in the college football. Joe, let, let us know who's in, who's out, baby. Who's in? Who's out? Got a light load here this week, folks. SMU dropping from 19 to out of the rankings completely. We got Tulsa, who I believe beat Army, was it? I don't know. No, Tulsa beat SMU. Oh, they beat SMU. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. I think Tulane played Army. Um, They did. Then you saw my tweet. Hops in at number 25. Others receiving votes. Brennan's uh, beloved North Carolina Tar Heels. SMU, Utah. I thought you were going to say FAU. I was about to get real excited. Like, oh, shit. SMU, Utah, who I believe have had both their first games postponed. Washington, who I believe had their game postponed. Arizona State, who is 0-1 after losing to USC on the Pac-12 opening day. And yeah. Yeah. And my okay, so the two dropped in rate. Somehow Miami won and dropped three spots. Tell me how that Oh, really? I thought they would climb. Nope. Uh, they hate us, man. They hate us because they ain't us. Shout they the hate us because they ain't us. Um, UGA dropped one spot. I don't even know if they played this week. Texas dropped. It. Northwestern went up four spots. And uh, Wisconsin hopped up four. How does Wisconsin hop up four spots after beating a terrible Michigan team? But Miami drops three spots being a semi. Mm, Virginia Tech's not that great either. But still, they shouldn't jump over us. That's not fair. No, yeah, they shouldn't have dropped. Just Mac is my team. All right. That's it. That's who's in, who's out. Now we're going to move on to the Masters. There was golf this weekend. Did you watch any of it? Tell me you did. I did, but first. The 2020 Masters, Augusta, Georgia. Let's do this. Due to Brennan's reaction on the show, I forgot to attribute this to the Chris Vernon show. Um, you can check it out on YouTube under Grind City Media. Uh, he also works for the Ringer, so shout out to him. What was going on at Augusta? I got a little <laughs> bit. Of, <laughs> I saw a little bit of what's going on at Augusta. Um, oh, I forgot to pull the clip, but I called it. You did call it. Dustin Johnson, historic fashion too, wire to wire. Dustin, the rap on Dustin Johnson has been that uh, he can go out to a lead, but then he'll he'll choke. He's yeah. been known as a choke artist, or as Tony Kornheiser affectionately says, a choking dog. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he held on this year, uh, and big in a big bad way. Uh, yeah, I think I heard um, the last. This was the fifth time he went into the final day with a lead in a mass, not a master, in a major, and this is the first time he won it. Yep. Yeah. Going and into I, the final day with the lead. It's been uh, some of it's been bad luck, but some of it's just been you know 
you got to overcome those demons. And he did. So now he is a master's champion. He's got the green jacket. Uh, Tiger Woods played well almost the entire weekend. But uh, I don't know if you saw it. He had a, on a par three oh, ten around Amen corner. He uh, 10 strokes and then proceeded to. Uh, I heard Scott Van Pelt talking about it. Um, saying the Tigers the next three. No, birdie the next five out of six. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah, he was saying how this is. He's known Tiger Woods for a long time. And this is the first time he's ever seen Tiger kind of at peace. You know, when he got to hug his son and his daughter, the same place where his dad hugged him when he first won uh, the yeah. Masters. It was. It's just really cool to see, and I, I think Tiger's going to keep playing to win. But I think he's to the point now in his career where if he does, if it's fifteen and that's where it ends up being, then he's going to be fine with that. The big yeah, thing, I, like I said last week, uh, it's going to be Masters or bust with him. I, I don't yeah, see him. You really call, yeah, you did call that too. He played really well uh, comparatively to how he's, you know, some of the other tournaments he's played in the last few years. Yeah, the difference is that the Masters, it's always at the same place. It's always the same yeah. course. It's a course he knows, he loves. Whereas the U.S. Open, the PGA, and the British Open move around every year. Yeah, so no, you're sometimes right. it'll be on courses favorable to his skill set, and sometimes it won't. Um, but the Masters is always going to be a constant. Yeah, definitely. I um, went against my better judgment. So full disclosure, I've actually <laughs> been talking about uh, Dustin Johnson for years because I remember like five or six years ago, maybe even longer. I remember asking my uncle about like, oh, who's the guy who can like hit it the furthest? And at the time it was he was like, oh, Dustin Johnson. And I was like, oh, I'm going to bet on him to win. And my uncle was like, well, I wouldn't bet on him, but he can hit it the furthest. And so I've always kind of followed his career ever since we had that conversation. Like I said, it must have been almost a decade ago now. But then for some fucking reason, (laughs) I thought, well, Bryson DeChambeau, he's hot right now. And I hate going with the hot hand. I hate picking the favorites. And I, I bet on Bryson DeChambeau and he... Oh, shit the bed. Shit the bed, as someone like to say. Oh, we said the same one. Nice. Yeah, of course we did. We're the same person, Joe, almost. <laughs> um, I am so happy that this happened, and maybe it took me betting on him to reverse jinx it, or I don't know, whatever. But he came into the weekend saying, oh, 67 is par for me at Augusta, blah, blah, blah. I'm mm-hmm. going to put on 15 pounds to mash the ball. Well, you have to putt, Bryson. It's part <laughs> of the game. That's a, that's all I got to say about that. That's all you got on Bryson. All right. Um, yeah. No, he disrespected the uh, the golf gods, as Steve Sands said. Uh, before we get off of this, though, I do. I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, I wanted to highlight this because DJ has had a quite a bit of a journey in his life. Um, in 2014, he had stepped away for personal reasons. And um, there are reports that he was getting suspended because this was the third time he tested positive for a banned substance. Um, he had recently tested positive for a banned substance. Uh, cocaine and marijuana was in his past. And then uh, back in 2017 at the Masters, um, I don't know if you remember, but he had he was at a house because the guys, they rent houses around the place because there's yeah. not really hotels over there. And uh, he allegedly slipped and fell and hurt his back. Yeah, I remember There's always speculation like, did he really slip and fall? What was going on there? So a um, bit of a redemption story. He really kind of um, 
righted himself once he got with Paulina Gretzky. Uh, if that name sounds familiar, that's because she's the daughter of the great one, yeah. Wayne, Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, he, he's kind of gotten his life on course. And, uh, Look at you doing this. Him. I didn't know you knew any of that, so I didn't bring any of that up. Oh, really? No, man. I knew. Hey, come on. I, I'm in these streets, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Me. Yeah, he has a... He has a dark checkered, not I shouldn't say dark checkered pass, but he has kind of a a little bit of a up that and down pass, and uh, it was a big thing. I heard um, Scott Van Pelt talking about it. It was a big thing for him to win because to be with Paulina and everything her dad has accomplished and what that name means in the sports yeah. world for him to to kind of keep losing these tournaments in the fashion he did. I know, I I know from what I heard from Van Pelt was that that you know weighed really heavy on him, and so for him to finally win it, I think. I don't think I know he'll forever be a master's champion. He's forever. Yeah, and, you know what um, I mean? So like no one can take that away from him. If you have the time, I'd say go look out. Uh, I think I saw it on CBS's Twitter account, but um, his post game interview, it's like a minute 40 and he probably says like five words because he is so choked up and you can see how much it means to him and how important this means to him. So, yeah, pretty cool. Love to see it, man. Love to see it. Good for Dustin Johnson. I've been rooting for you for a decade, my man. Ever since I, I asked my uncle who can hit DJ it the furthest. After Tiger, of course, because yeah. I am obligated to do so. Why? Why is that, Joe? Uh, because I'm black. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> quick hit. Quick hit. So it is time for the quick hits. Uh, this is where okay. It looks my... like Joe's taking over hosting duties. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> Um, this is the part where we give each other questions. Um, this used to be a segment ran by our late producer, El Greg. Rest in shouts peace, El Greg. R.I.P. Um, man. Shouts out to First you. First one is you all you, be. man. First one is going to be all you. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, Brennan, do you have a question for me? Yeah, I do. So there's a big boxing fight match thing this weekend. There was a boxing thing this weekend. See, Brennan didn't yeah, get so to watch it because Brennan I did had, not get to uh, watch had it. a show. Brennan had a show I on did. Saturday. I did. I had a big show. show. It went really well. Thank you for asking. Nice, nice, nice. We'll talk about that more off air. Um, so, yes, I watched the card of Terrence Crawford versus Kel, Kel Brooks. And um, I want to talk about the undercard because... Boxing did the boxing thing, which is so frustrating. So it was this young boy, Joshua Anthony, Joshua Franco, and this Australian, uh, Andrew Maloney. And Maloney, so backstory, Maloney had the title of this division. I'm not going to remember what division it was. And then he lost to Franco. So they've been, they came back for a redemption fight, essentially. And Maloney was giving him the work. And they called it after two rounds. And they called it on an accidental headbutt because uh, Joshua Franco's eye fucking swelled up to the size of a grapefruit. And they uh, the ref said it was a headbutt. And for the next, like, 30 minutes, Joe Tessitore, Andre Ward, and the other homie, I can't remember his name, are they playing back the footage in Nevada now, the Nevada Athletic Commission, they can replay um, the fight, and ba- there's a basically a, a review penalty. So you can review it, see if there was accidental contact or not, because this is going to change the outcome of if this is a no contest or does the title change hands. 
30 minutes, Brennan. They watched the entire first round back really? like three times. Tess and Andre Ward are like, he never headbutted him in the head. What are they talking about? They, he never headbutted him. And to the point where they were like, they're going to rob him and make this a no contest, even though there's no evidence of a headbutt. And they're just going to screw this guy. And they fucking did boxing, then the boxing thing. They sat there, reviewed all the tape from the first round where they claimed this headbutt happened. No signs of a headbutt, just signs of clean fucking jabs right to his right eye. And they robbed this dude Maloney. So I just wanted to give that some love. That sucks. Yeah, it was pretty fucked up. But the actual big fight, Bud Terrence Bud Crawford versus Kel Brooks. Um, TKO called in the fourth round. It was over in a flash. Uh, I had it two one in the first three rounds. Kell Brooks came out two one. Um, that's, the, I, that's how I had it too. I, I had it two one too. Yeah, that's how. <laughs> Kell Brooks came out early. Um, was uh, bringing the fight to Terrence, and uh, Terrence is known to be a bit of a slow starter as he kind of gets his foot together. Um, he switches from orthodox to southpaw, and in the fourth round, he literally. Kell Brooks stepped in. Terrence Crawford hit him on the nose, and Kell Brooks just flew to the fucking. Uh, the, really? Yeah, he fucking flew across the uh, the ring into the the ropes, You'd and love then to see that. Terrence pounced on him. Just right, left, right, left, right, left. Ref called it. Gave him a standing eight. Came back. Boom. Right, left, right, left, right, left, called it to the point where they're doing the replay. And um, when uh, Kell Brooks gets back to his corner, he looks at his trainers and he looks up and says, what happened? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's when you know it's bad. In an instant, he just got hit on the butt and it was downhill from there. man. That that thing was insane. So, yeah. So, overall, uh, good fight. Is boxing back? Boxing's been back, man. Uh, we're getting ready for Tyson uh, Roy Jones. Probably yeah, I'm actually going to watch that shit. fight. Tyson um, met him. Yeah. Met him a couple times. Good close personal friend, Mike Tyson. Close personal friend. <laughs> so yeah, Terrence Bud Crawford is now 37 and 0, number one pound for pound after Lomachenko went down a couple weeks ago. And uh, yeah, we're just looking for his next fight. I'm, I'll be interested to see if uh, some of the. Uh, Guys that are quote unquote potentially potentially ducking him, uh, if they will step up for this fight. Apparently, they were close to landing some of the bigger fights before the pandemic, but then the pandemic happened and some of those talks dissipated. Hopefully, we can get some going and get a real big fight for Terrence. Beautiful, beautiful. So, Brennan, yes. Are you aware that the NBA offseason is upon us? The NBA offseason is upon us. Yes, the Joe, I'm very aware. Is on Wednesday. This Wednesday. Dun, this dun, dun. Wednesday. There was a big trade today. Yes. Involving one Chris Paul to the Suns. Chris Paul is going to hang out with Devin DeAndre Booker Ayton over in there in Phoenix. Phoenix. Exactly. So, where a lot of rumors swirling about, I was wondering is there one trade that you are looking forward to? Um, I'm going to address both uh, topics. And um, so as far as trades, um, so two things. One, I do not think James Harden would work. Uh, There's talk about him going to the Nets. I don't think he would work on the Nets because I think those are three ball dominant players. And between Kyrie, 
James Harden and Kevin Durant. I don't think that would work. But a trade that I am really looking forward to, I guess, is I want to see. I know Russ's contract is insane, but I want to see so if any team. James's. Yeah, but they I want to sign s- the super, super duper maxes. Yeah, it's like I think in two years, Russell, uh, Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook's contract is like forty six point two million. But I want to see Russell Westbrook on a team where he gets to be Russ. Maybe he will get to be Russ if they trade uh, James Harden. But he, I know he doesn't want to be there anymore. Um, so I'd like to see Russell Westbrook get traded. Maybe to the Magic. Who knows? But um, <laughs> that's I don't not know. his list. <laughs> uh, but I'll also the other thing I did want to touch on is the draft, and I'll keep this short. Um, I'm calling it right now. Wow. Market Killian Haynes. Who is that? Let me pull him up. Killian <laughs> Hayes out of France, 6'5", 192 pound oh. point guard, I think is going to be the number one player coming out of this draft. There's a lot of guys ahead of him. Uh, I know James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards are the two big names everyone's talking about. LaMelo Ball. Um, yeah, LaMelo is probably the number one guy everyone's talking about, but I don't think he is going to be nearly as good as people think he's going to be. I think um, he'll be better than his brother. Well, that's not saying a ton. Uh, Killian Hayes. Way better than his brother. Okay, now now you're saying something. All right. <laughs> RJ Hampton is dropped on ESPN's ranking, dropped to 15th, which I think is insane because wasn't he like the number one player like last year? Isn't the year before? RJ Hampton, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this, but I think RJ Hampton's one of those guys who instead of going to college, he, yeah, just he is circumvented the whole thing. Said, I'm, he got like a, a internship at like a shoe company. And he already signed with Clutch. So, I mean, there's no tape on him since high school. So that could be why he fell in a similar fashion to like uh, Anthony Anthony Simmons, uh, who ended up getting drafted pretty late to uh, Portland a few years back. Yeah, that would make sense why he fell. Um, But yeah, I'm taking Killian Hayes out of France as my number one pick in this draft, um, mainly because Kevin O'Connor talked about him a lot and was really high on him. (laughs) And I trust Kevin O'Connor's breakdown. Also, I want to see Russell Westbrook get traded, um, get in a better situation. And I think the James Harden trade is going to, if he does go to the Nets, I think that's going to fall apart. What do you well, think? What do you I got going on? What do you, what's a trade you want to see? There's what's a lot a- happening right now. I just got some breaking information. Um, oh, but, you did? Uh, to address the Harden thing. Wait, what's the um, breaking information? I'll get to it in a second. Oh, okay. uh, to address the Harden thing, he's already turned down an extension from the Rockets that would have made him the first $50 million a year player. Oh, my so God. So it seems like he's on his way out. Um uh, Russ, I don't know where Russ would go or where he would fit because the NBA is not tailored to Russ anymore. Russ is a athletic point guard. Okay, I don't mean to interrupt you, but Russ doesn't <laughs> yeah. fit anywhere. You fit Russ, all right? <clears throat> and that's the issue. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. That is the biggest issue. <laughs> um, he can't shoot. He can't shoot free throws pretty much anymore. He can get to the basket. He can distribute. He can rebound. But why would I check, pay check, check. $40 million for a point guard to do things I have my power forward and centers to do? Um, I need you to be a point guard. <laughs> I need you to space the floor. I don't need you to clog the lane. But um, 
uh, as far as the draft, I don't know. We didn't have March Madness. I never really watched college basketball until about March Madness. Um, I'm interested to see what LaMelo Ball is going to be because he's always been talked about as the best of the brothers, and Lonzo is no indication as how good the brothers can be. Um, <laughs> I like how you put that. <laughs> so, uh, if he's the best that, of the brothers, then we need to see him because I'm not, I'm not getting yeah, any I'm sort really of indication from so this guy. Far. Uh, but um, oh, so the so the information I just got is this is gonna this is gonna dictate a lot going forward. There's apparently rumors that uh, Drew Holiday of the Pelicans may be in talks again, traded to the Bucks. Yeah, now that is important because I don't think Eric Bledsoe is the point guard they need. So if they can get Drew Holiday to be the point guard they need who can create for himself, that opens up the floor for Giannis. And that kind of quiets the Giannis leaving talk for at least this season to see what they can do potentially. So I think that makes them an even formidable opponent now because the knock had been they don't have anybody who can get their own. So Drew Holiday can get their own and he's a great defender. So. Yeah, that would be I that that would actually yeah I'd put that towards the top of my list as something I'd want to see for sure definitely. Yeah. All right, so yeah, let's Brandon, shift. You had a question, huh? Yeah, I do. I I want to shift gears a little bit. We alluded to it earlier. NFL MVP is shifting. There's moves being ha- moves being made. Joe, who Things you got played. right now? Who you got as your MVP of the season right now? Um. All right. Uh. This is the quarterback award, so I'm going to give it to a quarterback. You oh, didn't say wait. non-quarterback. Wait till so you get to me. I, I figured. I heard. I heard a little tease earlier there, but but I didn't hear non-quarterback. You didn't put that in there as a caveat. So there's somebody who's not being talked about right now, even though he has 25 touchdowns to only one interception, even though his team has eight wins. It's only one loss. I've not heard his name in any MVP discussion. Can you figure out who I'm talking about, Brennan? I know exactly who you're talking about. I am talking about one Patrick, because mom Mahomes. doesn't like you calling him Pat. Mahomes. Uh, yeah, he's still the fucking greatest thing we've seen since sliced bread. And it's it, everybody wants to talk about Rogers, Russ, uh, Josh Allen for reasons I don't understand still. Um when you have the MVP right under your noses and you don't even want to take a sip of this coffee. I don't understand. It's the whole we it's the whole LeBron theory. We don't want to give it to the same person. We want to share the like, no, if if Jordan's the best, give it to Jordan. If Mahomes is the best, give it to Mahomes. Stop circumventing for your pretty little narratives. The best player is the best player. I agree. I completely agree. Um, I'm going to go a little bit of a different route than you did, though. He's going off the board. I'm going way off the board. Well, not way off the board because he's going way off the board. The best player in the NFL, the number one player. Um, I don't care if you go oh, by position. Sorry, trade just came through. Uh, this is breaking news. You're going to be catching us in the morning. But Robert Covington from the Houston Rockets just got traded to the Blazers for Trevor Ariza. Get the fuck out of here! Really? Already on Houston before. And I think it was from first round picks. That can't be right. 
Sorry, breaking continue. news, ladies and gentlemen, breaking news. I'm going off the board, though, for the, my NFL MVP. The number one player in the NFL has been for the last three years. Aaron Donald, I'm suggesting, listen to me now. Hear me now, NFL <laughs> and voters out there. I know you all listen to the pod. Aaron Donald needs to be the MVP. This needs to get away from a quarterback-only award. Aaron Donald is the man, the myth, the legend. Just real quick, 2020 stats. Um, he's already got nine sacks uh, throughout the season, 11 assistant, uh, assisted tackles, and 26 uh, solo. My man Aaron Donald's getting double and triple teamed and throwing people off of him like ragdolls. He is a game changer. Um, also, my second place or kind of my runner up is since he came back from injury, you've kind of seen what he what he means to the team, which I think is the whole emphasis of most valuable player, Dalvin Cook. I know I talk a lot of shit about running back shouldn't be paid. I still believe that, mm -hmm. but Dalvin Cook on the season, 170, you, son of a bitch, 174 attempts, 954 yards, averaging 5.5 yards a carry. Already has 12 touchdowns on the season. Oh, not to mention he's averaging almost 10 yards of reception as well. So those are my MVP uh, candidates. Uh, I think Russ is out with the last few games that he's had that we've I already didn't discussed. Know we were doing candidates. I thought we were doing candidate. Can it? Okay. Well, whatever. You, <laughs> you picked every quarterback ever. Um, Aaron Donald is my number one, though. Okay. I think Aaron Donald needs to win the MVP one of these years and not the defensive MVP. Aaron Donald needs to win the NFL MVP with how valuable he is to his team. It's Depoy, not defensive MVP. Um, defensive player of the year, whatever. You use the same thing. <laughs> so the Rockets are finalizing a trade to send Robert Covenant to Portland for Trevor Ariza. This year's first round pick. So they're trading the draft rights to whoever they pick. And then next year's first round pick. Robert Covington is worth two first round picks. No, he's not. What? I, what? But this I think they're trying to. They might trying to be. Un, they might be trying to unload Trevor Ariza's deal because didn't he sign it when the cap went up and it was like stupid money? You may be right, but jeez. Anyway, Aaron Donald, NFL MVP. All right, Mark Aaron it. Donald, NFL MVP. You know what time it is? I do. Tell us. Time for the walk-offs. Welcome to the big leagues. Two runs. Walk-off homer for Cabrera. You can smile. That's okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will end every show um, in the same fashion as far as our breakdowns and everything. The walk-off. The walk-off is going to be an uninterrupted um, short essay by both of us. Uh, it's going to be on a specific topic. Uh, we don't really talk about it beforehand. There's plenty of time afterwards if we want to discuss it. Uh, sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. Just depends on what we're talking about. Joe, uh, who went first last time? I can't. Uh, I believe I went first last time. I'm going to go right. first again today, though. Okay, Joe's going to go first. I'm cheating. What do you mean? So. The Marlins, my Miami Marlins, made a historic hiring this past weekend. On Friday, they hired the first female GM. And Sarah Spain wrote a story, and I want to read that story. Is that okay? That's literally why in the rundown it said reads. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, yeah. Reads. All right. So Joe's going to read us like a tale. I read the story. It's pretty. I mean, I love Sarah Spain as a personality and as a writer. Yeah. And um, you know what I mean? Ew. 
What'd you just say? I said, who doesn't? You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Huh? You know uh, what I like I mean. her as a personality and a writer, and I feel like uh, the female's perspective on this is better than hearing me talk about this. So, I'll be reading the words of Senorita España. Longtime baseball woman Kim Ang was announced as the new general manager of the Miami Marlins on Friday. It was the higher 15 years in the making, or was it 93 years? It's been 15 years since Nang first interviewed for a GM position in MLB and opening with the Los Angeles Dodgers in 20, 2005. But it has been 93 years since the first time anyone was hired by a pro team as a general manager. Billy Evans was the first assumed was the first to assume that title for the Cleveland Indians in 1927. There are I don't know how to say the word. There are things sure to fight their dream. I couldn't remember this word when I read it the first time. I don't know. Still, there are going to be idiots sure to fight me on this. But let's let me assure you in those 93 years, there were women before Yang who were qualified for the job and lost it because of the fear, not their own fear, mind you. Every woman who has worked their her way up to the highest level of a male-dominated business has been overqualified, tough as nails, and afraid of nothing save perhaps the fragility of men standing in the way of her success. One more time. Things got a little easier for those women on Friday when Nang broke, Aang broke a long-standing glass ceiling. Hopefully, me reading, not great. Becoming the first female GM in in a major North American men's professional sports league. And it got easier for Asian American women and boys who love baseball. Aang is is also baseball's first Asian American GM. So it's meaningful that just days after Vice President-elect Kamala Harris rose as an example to the country and the world of what a woman can become, a black South Asian American woman at that, another woman arrived on the scene to hammer the point home. Anyone with half a brain, my apologies to the aforementioned Luddites, idiots, whatever that word means, um, could tell you that Aang is as qualified as they come for the opportunity she's earned. Although she is just 51 years old, her baseball career spans 30 years. Aang started as an intern with the White Sox. She moves her way. I'm going to cut some of this. Um, At 29, she became the youngest assistant GM in MLB for the Yankees alongside Brian Cashman. She joined the Dodgers as a vice president and assistant manager in 2001 and left to serve as senior VP of baseball ops for MLB in 2001 before landing this GM job. For, uh, before landing, before being named GM for the Marlins on Friday, she had interviewed and had been passed over for at least five open GM positions. When Aang became the highest ranking woman for, Woman in professional sports management on Friday, it was both a case for celebration and a moment to think of those who came before her and were denied. Because, of course, the problem has never been women not work, women not working hard enough, being knowledgeable enough or fitting in. It has always been whether the gender that acquires position eons ago became because they could physically wrest it from us would dare abandon the idea of strength as power and let their brains lead the way. In 2015, Joe Torrey, Aang's boss at Major League Baseball and her former colleague with the Yankees told Jim Cappell 
that the only thing between Aang and the GM position was the people doing the hiring. Always talked about her at owners meet. Always talked her up at owners meeting. At some point, somebody just has to ignore the fact that she's a woman and just make a baseball decision. And if they do that, then I think they will get. Then I think she will get an opportunity somewhere. In March of this year, Aang joined my radio show, Sarah Spain. Uh, for our Game Changer segment, which honored women breaking down barriers in sports. She talked about the challenges she has faced as one of the only women in the room throughout her career and importance of earning the trust of, and respect of leaders like Joe Torrey. I'll end it after this quote. I think there are examples of guys, she told me, particularly early on in my career before I had risen the ranks who just hadn't seen women before in the front office or on the field before batting practice. There's a novelty about it, but definitively, definitively, definitively some side glances going on, but there's a novelty about it, but definitively some side glances going on. One of the things I've really tried to do in my career is to prove myself in day in and day out and make sure I align myself with people who can be influential and who have really good reputations. I'll stop it there. You guys can read the rest on your own. Sarah Spain, ESPNW. It's a great story on Kim Ang. There you go. The new GM. <clears throat> Whew, that was a lot of reading. Yeah, that was bold. Reading something you only read a couple of times. It's not your own yeah. words. It's that one word really that hung me up. It's like triliolage. It's basically calling people like dumb idiots. Chocolateites? Chocolateites, yeah. That's a word I'm never going to be able to say correctly. Struggledites. Thank you, you Brennan. Could have no used problem. it like 10 minutes ago. Sorry about that. <laughs> I didn't understand what it was until you tried yeah, to I say it. Yeah, I didn't even try to say it. Yeah, try. you just <laughs> went right over it. <laughs> All right. Um, you know what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to what she does as a GM. And it, the shitty part about the whole thing is, is that the Marlins team has been pretty you know, stripped away over the years. Mm. And if she comes in... And doesn't do like an awesome job in the first couple of years. Everyone's going to do the same shit they always do, which is going to be like, oh, see, a woman couldn't do it. We knew that. But it's like, it's the well, fucking Marlins. No, I mean, mouth. no offense to you. Watch I just, your mouth. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? How they've been trading away players and they've been like, you know, yes. their farm system's great. And then they trade them away. That is not true. Our farm system has never been great. That's the funny thing. Even oh, though I'm we of the race. Even, I'm sorry. I'm even though we've traded people away, our farm season have never gotten great. We've I was thinking of the missed race. on prospects. Um, but the funny thing is, one, the national media never cares about the Marlins. And two, the local fan base is willing to put up with um, mediocrity as long as we see something coming forward. Yeah. So with this year, I was making the playoffs in this weird truncated convoluted season. That's a step forward. We see that we have uh, two aces at the top of our rotation. We need bats. We need some of these young guys to continue developing. So it's in place for her to do not minimum work, but all she has to do to find all she has to do, I believe uh, for this team is to find to create a better bullpen, find a closer, and get acquire bats um, because the pitching staff is kind of going to take care of itself. So if she can acquire bats, uh, they already re- uh, accepted Sterling Marte's uh, 
club option. So he'll be back with us next year and just finding key veterans to put with these young guys to keep the progress going forward. I don't think, I don't think in actuality we're going to make the postseason again next year if it goes back to the regular format. But if it's not a, if, if we're closer to 500 than the, like we were this year versus yeah. the season prior where we had a hundred losses, I think that's a step in the right direction. If we can maintain Good. what we currently are on, that's fine. Yeah. Just maintain a, a positive trajectory. Yeah. <clears throat> Good. Well, I'm All right, I'll happy shut for up the Marlins now. making history. Joe, shut up. Thank you. It's my turn for the walk-off. Uh, my walk-off is too much passion. All right. <clears throat> With the craziness that was this past weekend for Jacksonville Jaguars fans, I felt obligated to address something that I have merely touched on up to this point in our show's young life. That is my crazy passion and intensity for my team's. I've talked about my love of sports, why I'm drawn to teams that are considered underdogs, talked about Fairweather fans and the like. I am not sure if listeners fully grasp my passion for the teams I root for, however. I can definitely be called it can, it can definitely be called unhealthy the way I dump so much energy and love into teams I root for, but I do not know any other way. I am, as everyone listening knows, an addict. I have an incredibly addictive personality. While I no longer drink or do drugs, addiction is still a strong presence in my life. I am also a loyal to a fault. Many people might think, yeah, I'm a loyal person too. And you might be, but I'm loyal in a much larger sense than most normal people. For example, when I hear people disregard or tear down a team I hold in high regard, I don't just get a little mad or upset. I blow up in a way that is not healthy. You can just ask my co-host when I once misunderstood what he meant when we were talking about college football. Or if I am out watching a game in public, I have been known to get very loud and threatening over simple comments made by other patrons. I once drove from Daytona to South Florida when an old college buddy thought he was going to get into a fight. Obviously, in the four-hour drive it took me to get down there, everything was over when I arrived, but I didn't think twice about getting in the car and going. I have grown in maturity since those days, but that fire still burns inside me. I no longer act like a piece of shit, but the problem I find myself in is so often I want to. I know the passion I have for my teams is just my addictive personality clinging to something I enjoy. It is an, excuse me, it is awesome that it's not things that are harmful to me physically anymore, but it is emotionally draining that I care so much about things I have no control over or nothing to do with. The irony of it all... Hang on. Oh, the irony in all of this is the fact that I feel justified in my anger because I know what I am talking about when it comes to sports. There's nothing worse than the guy who drunkenly, drunkenly roots for a team, gets pissed at people around him for rooting against him, but has no real insight to the sport they're watching. This brings me to the most recent NFL, excuse me, the most recent football season. It has been very difficult to watch my Jaguars this year because it seems like we're only a few offensive linemen or defensive penalties or a healthy QB away from being a good team. After week three, the sports media world went from the Jags might be the Cinderella team this year to not even mentioning them when they do the NFL recap. I understand that I am biased and that my passion is unhealthy and it is something I need to work on. I just don't know any other way to be a fan, a friend, or a sibling. I do it 100% or not at all, just like with my drinking. So I guess what I'm really asking is, is it better to be overly passionate or not at all? 
That's buddy, it. That's don't walk get in the car and go f- for the fight. What are you doing? <laughs> I drove four hours. I literally, my my buddy called me. He's like, hey man, like I think these, I, th- I think there's something wrong, man. Like I I got into this argument at the bar. I came back to my apartment. I think they followed me. I was like, I'm on the way. How you could have, if he would have, come on, what are you thinking? I know, but it's funny when people are like, yeah, I'm loyal too. And I'm like, like I still, for the longest time, like even after like my ex and I broke up, like if she called me with like an emergency, I'd pick up my phone and my uncle would be like, why are you, you just shouldn't talk to her anymore. Like she left you. And I'm like, yeah, but like she needed something. Wow. That's uh loyalty, baby. Yeah. Uh, dude, I said with Outback. I stayed with Outback Steakhouse for 10 years. And when I became a manager, they were only paying me like $33,000 a year. And I was working 70 hours a week. And I wouldn't quit Jeez. because I was loyal. Oh, I'm such an idiot. Mm. Eh. Loyalty. You know when people say the press like. conference in its entirety. Fucking every week you do that to me. That was a lull. I'm a bitch. <laughs> what were you saying? No, all I was going to say is that, you know, when people are like, you got to look out for you and you got to take care of number one and blah, blah. I never do that ever. Mm. I'll be on shows and I'm like, no, you can bump me. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, like, you know, or I'll, like I said, at work, I'm like, no, it's okay. I'll work today. Like it's, uh, I didn't have plans. Then I'll cancel whatever plans I had just because I'm fucking, I'm stupid, man. I'm too loyal yeah. to people, especially to businesses who don't give a shit about you. Yeah. I have a touch of that in me. All right, replay the drop. I'm sorry, I cut it off. Replay it. Want to replay it? Replay it. We will bring you the press conference in its entirety. (laughs) All right, on our way out, we're going to plug everything we need to plug. Joe, go ahead. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorville, J-O-E-D-O-R-V-I-L. You can look up my hip-hop album, TV by Headphone Joe. No O, no E in the phone. Um, You can check me out on all the new low network shows except Misbehavior Journal Club. And you can catch me on the last episode of Brent Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. Brennan, go ahead. All right. So Brennan T comedy. I am a comedian. For those of you who don't know, you can follow me on all social media at Brennan T comedy, B R E N N A N T comedy. Uh, check out my website, Brennan T comedy.com. I do have another podcast called Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Just had a guest on Joe Dorville. Headphone. Joe was my latest hey. guest. Um, but yeah, it's a really fun podcast. I'm sober now, but I have people on for the most part. We talk about drinking stories or getting in trouble and stuff like that, or I'll do solo podcasts by myself and just kind of recap how everything's been going. So anyway, check that out. Um, you can find that at brennantcomedy.com or anywhere you can find podcasts. Again, Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Had a big show this past weekend uh, as far as comedy. Don't have anything on the books yet coming up, but it's one of those weird things where I won't have anything for you know all of December. Then all of a sudden I'll have 19 shows. So we'll see what happens in these COVID times, baby. Baby. That's going to do it Take for us, us out, from Brennan. here. That's going to do it from us here at Cheers from the Press Box. And remember, that is why we play the game. Hello. Hello. You shout out to my man. James Robinson! I was like, where's he gonna fit this (laughs) one? 
Thank you for listening to A New Low Podcast Network. We've got four fun podcasts on our current roster for you. Every other Monday, you can enjoy the Misbehavior Journal Club, a podcast highlighting exciting developments in the neuroscience community, hosted by Amiel Moreno and Leia Krebit. Get some in-depth analysis of all things sports with Cheers from the Press Box, dropping two episodes a week, co-hosted by comic Brennan Tassif and hip-hop artist Joe Dorville. Catch me, Kyle Loder, with my right-hand man, Joe Dorville, every Wednesday as we discuss a different song from the Hamilton musical soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast. Last, but certainly not least, is our network's flagship podcast, A New Low, which drops every Friday. A New Low highlights a wide variety of current events that both disappoint and encourage our five diverse co-hosts, who are Farzad, Headphone Joe, No O No E Dorville, Scott by Scott, L Greg, and me, Kyle. Every episode of all these podcasts and all of our social media details and links can be found at anewlow.co. That's anewlow.co. All our shows can also be found everywhere podcasts are available. Like and subscribe is the name of the game. Thanks again for all your support.